Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Happy Tuesday, lovely people. Me and Ellie are so excited for this one. We've been waiting for this to uh, to drop for ages now. We've got Scott Pinyard with us. He is the head coach at This Naked Mind. And for those of you that don't know Scott, he's got not only the most badass beard you've ever seen, but he's also got an absolutely incredible outlook on life and his understanding of how um, feelings and perception and how we're living through our own personal story is really deep. So we this one's a bit different. You know, this one's a bit different. We go on an adventure through consciousness and uh, I'm so excited about about this any of you that know that me and Ellie you know we're so invested in um, all of the things around stopping drinking that are also not about stopping drinking being present being in the moment how learning how our mind works learning who we really are our true self with a big s as it as Ellie always says so um this is a really cool one and uh, you might want to come back to this again and again I know I will be I'm super excited to uh, to listen to this for the fourth time I think it will be um so yeah awesome right other than that, come join us in the Facebook group. It's warming up, it's heating up, we've got live Q&As going off, we've got all sorts of cool stuff coming in there, and of course some big announcements coming up soon. So, Present and Sober Facebook group on Facebook, obviously. See you there. Just going to hand over to me, Ellie, and Scott. Happy Tuesday, team. This is beyond exciting. We've got Scott with us, Scott Pinyard, head coach at This Naked Mind. And um, me and Ellie spend a lot of time hanging out with Scott and he's a dude. And uh, not only is he the head coach at uh, TNM, but he's also the, well, Ellie said that he was the vice president, the VP of the Cool Beard Brigade. And I was like, well, who's the president? What the hell? Wait, VP? Like record, record scratch. <laughs> well, who, but, but also, Sam, you, you really ought to introduce Scott the way that you normally talk about him. What do I know? I don't even have know what Come on. Do, have you heard this, Scott? When you've been listening into the podcast, he refers to you as old Scott. Oh, <laughs> no, Scott. but not like <laughs> Scott knows what I mean. As in like, you know, <laughs> good friend Scott. <laughs> Dumping me in it. It's true. I mean, the beard is getting grayer uh, by the day, it feels. Um, but anyway, I'm excited to be here, guys. I've been looking forward to this all week. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so cool to have you here. And and when we were thinking about what to what to talk about, you know, we do so much TNM based stuff and we talk about alcohol a lot. And but we all know that this naked mind and just the journey is about so much more than alcohol, right? In mm-hmm. fact, for so many yeah. of us, it's just the beginning. And um Scott, like w- there was a coaching call back when I was training. Um and you said something like, you know, I'm super interested or even, you know, I'm obsessed with the with the reality that everything is a story, that the human experience plays out through stories and individual uh, individual stories for all of us. And it hit me. It hit me because I, I've seen the truth of that. I've had that insight. And um, I'm not sure for me personally that there's anything more powerful to to learn on the journey, um, because we moment the moment we see that, I think we kind of get set free from our story to some extent. So, you know, I'd love to know how you came to that realization or like, is there an insight you had or, you know, where did that start for you? That's a great question. And yeah, I am obsessed with this idea to kind of lay it out for how I saw it. 
um, you know, I, I got to this place um, through doing the work that I've been doing, right? That started with this naked mind, lots of other sources as well. Um, lots of coaching and conversations with people. It really became clear to me how much like story is a driver of our lives. And so like the basic model, like super simple is this stuff happens in the world. We bring it in through our senses. We have subconscious thoughts about it. Those subconscious thoughts cause conscious thoughts. Those conscious thoughts cause emotions. And then that's our life, right? That's how we view things. That's how we see things. So we watch a sad movie and it makes us cry. Or, you know, we have, you know, we go to a graduation and we're really excited. Like these sort of things happen. And what became really apparent to me in doing this work and like what we do at the Snaked Mind around alcohol as well as other things is we have tools for shifting those conscious and subconscious thoughts. And, you know, one day... I, you know, I, I was coaching someone and, and I got off the call and I realized, wait a minute, if our experience are those conscious and subconscious thoughts and we're like shifting them, then the reality is that like everything we experience, and I know this gets like really weird, like, whoa, no, man, this is good. like, it does, but, like the it. reality is that like every, like what actual experience is, is, you know, us taking that information in from outside and then everything else is story, everything else. And suddenly it hit me like, wait, mm -hmm. like all of us are stories. Like who we see ourselves are is a story based on the experience that we've had being stuck with alcohol, right. Is a story. That's what, you know, what we do, right. To help people move through that. Mm -hmm. But I was seeing it more and more that like, ultimately the story is written through our own interpretation of the things that are happening around us. And I was also really able to see the power of changing that story, right? Becoming aware of it and then working to shift it. And I have seen people just do amazing things in their life just by shifting that story. So it wasn't that like suddenly they got some additional strength. It was that, wow, they recognized the story and they were able to shift it. And that's what, that's what did it. Yeah, that's crazy. That that principle, that insight you had, that literally our reality is generated in that way. It means that life works the other way around. Like we all feel as if we're looking out at the world and that world the world works from the outside in. Yes. But like you said, actually, there's a data feed, stream, everything's streaming in and in the blink of an eye, we're generating that through, like you say, through this, through this like principle of of thought and that's you know memory and, and and all of this stuff that's playing out of it in us moment to moment and um when we see that when we see that things work the other way around that's wacky right because it doesn't feel like that it really doesn't that's the trick right that's the trick and then on top of that um the way you think and the stories that you have about yourself and the world actually color what you observe Right. So there's a part of our brain called the reticulating activating system, which mm -hmm. essentially is um, if you are thinking about something a lot, you're going to notice it out in the world a lot more. So the perennial example you'll hear people give about this is the idea of getting a car. Right. I remember um, uh, about two years ago, I bought a red minivan. Now, I didn't like really notice many red minivans prior to that, but I saw this van and I drove it and it has all like the fancy ass controls. And I hope I can swear. I'm sorry if mm, I just- Dude, swear as do. much as you like. <laughs> awesome. 
be careful what you wish for. But um, I, I, you know, I was looking around and, and I was so excited about this van. So after I test drove it, I started noticing red vans friggin' everywhere, everywhere I went. I was like, there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. That is the reticulating activating system. It isn't that there were more red vans. It was that that was where my mind was. And so to take this like another level deeper in the idea of story, if your idea of story is that you are, um, Let's say your idea of story is that you are uh, people react negatively to you, right? And I work with a lot of people who have some version of that story. If that's what you're thinking, then that's what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. So what happens is we build these stories and then we live inside of these stories. And then these stories actually inform what we consciously observe. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why it gets, it feels like there's this idea of there is, I'm getting weird again. There's this like objective reality out there and I'm living inside of it. No, you're living inside of your version, right? Your stories of that reality. And not only are your thoughts, you know, colored by what your, you know, what your previous experience is, but the very things that you notice, right? The things that you see and hear, the way that you interpret things, your quote unquote physical experience is part of that story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like no one gets access to full objective reality. If we had it, we couldn't operate. There has to be a limit. There has to be a filter. Otherwise, yes. we'd just be part of the soup that is everything. And um, that, that that's a wonderful thing. It's a gift because it creates the human experience. And uh, yeah, it plays out like that. But do you know what's the, the thing that I found really crazy, Scott, and I'm sure this is true for you, is that when you realize that, once you see it, different things start making sense to you. So if you believe that you're feeling the thing out there, if you believe that the event that's coming up is causing you to feel a certain way, then you're likely to do things like try and change the event or, you know, whatever, try and manipulate the thing outside of you. The yes. moment you see that you're only ever living in the feeling of your perception and thinking, suddenly you're like, oh, I don't need to change the event. S suddenly it just, you know, you're like, oh, right. That's not how it works. Like I can yeah. just work with me. And I think like, that's the idea. Uh, that's the good news behind all of this, mm. right? That it's that we don't have to change ourselves to be or in this world, right? We don't have to change the events. We just have to pay attention to those thoughts and work on shifting those, right? And that can be very, it can be small changes. Like, you know, I don't want to go to that event. And then you change the way you think about the event and you can experience it differently to very big changes like quitting drinking or doing mm -hmm. something completely different with your life. Um, you know, one of the places that I run into this and I do get in trouble for saying this, <laughs> but um, this idea of someone being an empath, right. Of like physically feeling someone else's feelings um, that isn't a thing right? The thing is that you're seeing what they're feeling and you're picking up on it. You're feeling your own feelings. It's not possible to feel another being's feelings, mm -hmm. but you're actually resonating with the way that they're feeling. Um, and so the same thing there is that when you recognize, wait a minute, like I'm picking up on how this person's feeling and I'm taking that on myself, suddenly you can shift and change things there as well. So there's so many different places where, you know, Literally, and I know it sounds overwhelming, but like literally, like everywhere in our life from all of our different roles as parents or coaches or community members or, you know, partners or friends, whatever it is, that's all comprised of those stories. And, you know, it's not that 
that that's inherently a bad thing. But the good news underlying all of that is that you can choose a different story. Mm. Yeah. The, the thing that's really interesting to me is that that, that shift, because it's, it's quite profound when mm-hmm. you first get smacked around the chops with it. Yes. And, then, and then you have to tune in and you kind of have to um, generate this heightened awareness around your own uh, typical thought processes and story mm-hmm. and the, the usual things that come up, you know, you kind of have your own MO. And what I see in people is, is often they can get undermined by falling back to old patterns, right? Because yeah. we, we have neural pathways and the automatic response is going to be the, the easiest one to default to. So what, what, what are your thoughts, Scott, on, like, I, when I talk to people about it, I talk about progress over perfection. Yes. Because it's like a seesaw as opposed to, you know, like perfection doesn't exist. You, you're, ne- you're never going to, um, once you've figured out and, and you're using some of these tools that we're referring to, you're never going to get it right 100% of the time. And I, I'm really interested in your own personal experience of like going from that moment of, oh, holy shit, <laughs> this is interesting, yeah. to where you are now. Like how, how, how do you, how does the seesaw feel for you? Oh, that's an awesome question. And yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, this is, this is the way our brains work. And so, yes, we fall in and out of it. Like being conscious of it doesn't mean you're free of it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that ultimately that's where I see um, a lot of personal development work in all different types of flavors is like becoming aware of those stories and shifting those stories. But that is how our brains work. And so, yes, those neural pathways are strong. Yes, we fall back into those stories. You know, um, my personal experience with it is I realize this and I start thinking about it. And, you know, Sam was right when I said I'm obsessed, when he said I'm obsessed, like I am 100% obsessed with this idea. Um, And, uh, you know, I've had all types of experience with it, right? I've had experience where I completely forget about it and fall back into my own stories um, and operate out of that and then suddenly wake up from it and go, wait a minute, I look at that, like, look. And mm-hmm. at first it was kind of frustrating because I'm like, well, if I looked at it almost as an answer, right? Of like, oh, everything's story. So I just need to fix my stories and then I fix myself, right? And to be honest with you, I've pissed people off too. Like I remember, I, like I've talked to my wife and you know, she was upset about something and I said something so shitty, like, well, that's the story you're telling yourself about it. And it didn't go well, yeah. but like, but so anyway, like, I, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like I had this idea and I was just like totally reckless with it at first with myself and with others, because it seems like it's so interesting. It seems like it's the answer, but the reality is, I think that's the journey, right? I think like this idea of these are my stories and, you know, you're going to figure more out as time goes on. And as I've been living in this for the last couple of years, what I've realized is that it's not like there's like four or five stories that we clear up and then like, we're good, right? That's not how it works. There are layers and layers and layers of these stories. And so it's not so much like, oh, I need to fix this particular story uh, and then everything's good, you know, but it is the case like for with alcohol, right? And and when I say the word story, I also kind of mean beliefs or a lot of people think of them as scripts, like sort of subconscious, like routines that we're running. Um, and it is true with alcohol, like there are a set of those, 
right? That, that people come to us with, and, you know, we could probably list what most of them are right now because they're very similar between people and we work through those things. And then alcohol is behind us, but there's more stories underneath that. Um, and so for me, what I've found as time has gone on now, what I do is now I just laugh, right? Because I've realized, wait, I, I have a big breakthrough. I make a big step forward and then I feel like everything's great. And then one day something just hits me out of the blue and I'm like, there it is. There it is again. Right. But it's how we operate. I don't, I I wonder if it's even possible not to get lost when you're made of the same stuff. Like it's, it's like, it's sometimes it's impossible to see the label from inside the jar. I sell it all the time. And mm-hmm. um, Scott, I don't know, I'm going to be brave enough to, you know, you say when it's an idea, like this idea, I, I'm, I don't think it's an idea. I think it's like deeper than that. I think it's like a principle. It's something that plays out in everything that we do. Um, I totally agree. This is why I don't talk about it publicly. I mean, Annie well, and I talk about this all the time, but like, it's not like we've had lots of conversations about it, but I don't, uh, I mean, it's fucking weird. Like, I don't know what to say other than that. And like, I don't want to go out and like proclaim any like major truths, but yes, I mean, I agree with that. Like it is how we operate. And you mentioned something about, um, you know, you can't see the label from inside the jar. I totally agree with that, but I would actually add on to that, that actually the fun part is figuring out what that label is. Yeah. Like one thing that I think a lot of us run into that are on this personal growth journey is like we start it and we're like, oh, I want to grow from here to here. Right. And then we eventually learn that like when we achieve this goal, like the next goal is in front of us. Um, And so it's not about like getting to some place where we're suddenly happy. To me, the joy is actually getting lost and finding my way out. Mm. That moment of aha, where you go, holy cow. And, and it can be very emotional too. Like you can, you can recognize that someone really hurt you in the past. And, you know, you haven't talked to this person since fourth grade, but you've been living this script and it can be emotional, but it's also such an incredible experience to, to, to recognize these scripts and then to try to rewrite them. So to me, that's actually the fun part. It's also the freeing part because to me, it kind of feels like if there's no distinction between you and the movie, then there's so much pain and there's so much, there's just no distinction. But the moment you see it, the moment you get that awareness for the moment, it's not that you're not denying that things happened. You're not denying that, you know, maybe these things from the past or whatever it might be, but suddenly you're, you're allowed to say, okay, and, and I don't have to keep that alive anymore like I can, I can learn what yeah. needs to be learned and I can move on from that which is which is really different to living it over and over and over again and particularly with alcohol like all this stuff's made of the same stuff you spoke to it Scott it's like beliefs thoughts this this stuff this this kind of reality principle that plays out everything's made of the same thing be it kind of the patterns that we've developed with alcohol the way that we keep the past alive in us the way that we project into the future like without that we're not humans yeah um, and the analogy is sometimes used is like if you think of the painter, it's like everything, um, everything is created from paint and you can choose what to make with it. So you can create a masterpiece, you can create a horror story, but you are not the, you're not the paint, you're the painter. And the moment you step into that space of being able to see it and you get that, then you realize at a really, really deep level that, um, you can't be broken from that place. Like that place isn't touchable. <laughs> it's formless. It comes before the story. Yes. And there's so much freedom in that. It's wonderful. It's a lovely place. There is. And I think it's, it's very, um, you know, when, when you were saying that I was thinking about, well, what is this journey 
from from being the painting to being the painter, right? Or I should say, from recognizing that you're the painter. Mm-hmm painting um and and it is really hard and i think one of the reasons it's really difficult is that we actually feel these emotions right and when you look at the way that people talk and act in everyday life they say sam really pissed me off today right instead of saying oh sam did something and my stories made me angry right Mm -hmm. we say it in that way and we operate in this world in this like first person sort of things are happening to me way. And so that means we get lost in those emotions. And so I think a lot of times when like this idea comes up and I've run into this in my personal life, as well as my professional life, like when I try to explain to people at maybe the wrong time or when, you know, they're not in a place where they can understand it. It's like, no, you don't understand Scott. Like that hurt me. Mm -hmm. I'm hurting. And I think when you're in that place of hurt, right, when you're in that place of reaction, in that place of emotion, it can be very difficult to see, you know, oh, wait a minute. It's the way that I'm thinking here that's causing this. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, of course, when I bring this up, everyone also always kind of goes to like the extremes. Well, like, what about something like murder or child abuse? And, you know, it's funny because we have this conversation and this idea that it's our reactions to things that cause the emotions, not the things themselves. That doesn't mean that those reactions are wrong, mm, right? Yeah. That doesn't that there aren't certain things out there. Like if, if there's some tragedy in your family, the answer isn't, well, just change your story about it and you feel better, you know, and that, that gets to be very challenging. And so I think that's why people are stuck. And I think that's why too, like, our mission to change the conversation around alcohol is so much more than that Mm -hmm. because it's so much more. And it's amazing that it helps people get free. And it's amazing that it helps people get to a place where they can enjoy their lives. But beyond that, what we're doing is we're removing a barrier, Mm -hmm. right? We're removing a barrier that is keeping people stuck in the emotion and it's giving them more of an opportunity to start to recognize this idea of story. Cause I truly believe as sort of amorphous and, you know, I'm still, we're still kind of figuring it out, right? And conversations like this are happening all the time, but I truly believe that as more people start to recognize this, things start to shift on this planet. Like things start to shift in terms of relations between people and between groups of people, like, it, it changes things. Um, but removing alcohol or other substances that are in the way is, is the first step. The, um, I think the straw man, like the, the weakest form of this is that people are like, Oh, Sam and Scott or Anelia just going around telling me it's just a story. And so therefore, you know, it's like, Oh, so you're feeling shit. It's just a story, that kind of thing. But actually what that fails to acknowledge is that, just because it works that way, just because you're always living in the feeling of your thinking and it can't work any other way, that doesn't mean that over the billions of years that we've been on the planet, there isn't a deep, deep wisdom in that response. Yes. And what's really, really interesting is when you see that, when you see it works that way, you're much more likely to be able to pick up the kind of um, the wisdom piece to see the clarity and the truth rather than get lost in extra layers of story that aren't required. You're able to say to yourself, do you know what? I feel like, um, I feel like something's not okay here. 
Um, and maybe there's someone that's not treating you well. Maybe you need to have a conversation with somebody. Yes. Maybe you're getting a really deep message. So mm. the, the weak version of this understanding to me, it just, you're so right, dude. It just fails to acknowledge the rich, beautiful truth of this because it's the fucking human experience. It's amazing. It's yes. the most amazing, like it's, it's how we're having this conversation now. It's insane. Well, I think, you know, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, like, making my wife mad by saying like, oh, that's just a story you're telling yourself. <laughs> it wasn't quite that direct, but it was a mistake on my part. But either way, um, I think that a lot of times when this idea comes up, people then blame themselves for having emotion or try to like discount it. And that's, that's the thing that we're not trying to do, right? Mm -hmm. So like when we talk about this idea, when someone says, oh, I'm really upset because my neighbor whatever, my neighbor did something. Um, and we asked the question, well, let's get underneath that. Like, let's like figure out what that is. We're not trying to invalidate the emotional response that you're having. And I think, you know, there's this sort of like levels of conversation here. Like there's the very ground level where it's like, yeah, I am going to have empathy for you. I'm going to have sympathy for you. Like this is hard, right? And I'm going to encourage you as a person to lean into this and feel this. But if we go up a level or two, right? That's where we start having the conversation around, wow, what are the stories that are causing this emotion? It is a purely... I mean, you can think of it as like scientific inquiry, right? It's not about right or wrong. There isn't a judgment there. Um, and judgment is something that we as humans just do automatically all the time. And you guys know, we work with people in our programs to like, you know, pay attention to that and become aware of that. But I think that's something that's really difficult to your point, Sam, of like, we're not telling people that they're wrong. Right. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm never saying to someone, no, you're not feeling sad. You're just thinking sad. Like, yeah. no, but what we're trying to do is point to a larger truth mm -hmm. that helps them understand themselves and the world in a different way. But it is a very foreign way of thinking. You know, it is, it is something that I, I believe and, and part of the work that I'm working on right now is how do I explain this? Like, how do I, explain this in the simplest terms possible. But what I keep coming back to, and I'm going to keep working on it, is that I think we just have to go through things enough to where we start to recognize it for ourselves, right? And then have a coach around that says, hey, there's the thing. Insight. Mm -hmm. Scott, I have to ask, have you, have you come across Sydney Banks and the three principles? So you have mentioned it to me before. Um, I haven't spent a lot of time with it. No, I think I think you should hang out there, dude. I think it's going <laughs> to literally blow your mind. I mean, yeah. So like, we, we don't have time to dive dive deep today, but he talks about this principle of thought, which is exactly what we've been talking about today. But he talks about the interplay of three different principles, and um, what you've said is, you know, I you've had the I can hear it. You can see, you've seen everything, but he saw and he you know he has kind of like a, a lineage of uh of teachings around this stuff mm -hmm. um and so i th i think you'd really jam with it i think it would be great but like uh it doesn't matter like as you say ultimately the thing that makes the difference is that you see this stuff yeah. um and i would love to just honor what you said about the emotional piece because i think a lot of the time we um I saw something the other day that I hadn't seen before. It became very, very clear to me that, wow, the fact that we can have emotions and that we're built to, to feel the full spectrum 
to me, like deep in there is in, is the message that it's safe to feel them all. Yes. And very often when we feel like we're frightened to feel an emotion, actually we're, we're scared that we can't handle it. Mm-hmm. We're scared it's going to break us. Yes. And the, one of the deep truths of this thought feeling experience is that if we're being presented with this feeling, honoring it and feeling it, and allowing it to come through us, it means that it hangs around for the length of time it's intended to. Mm-hmm. It teaches us, it moves through us, be it grief, be it happy, whatever it is, it passes through us. The moment we say, no, 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 I'm not going there and we bury it, then it hangs around, obviously, in my experience, for, for longer than, than, it, than it maybe needs to. Um, so, yeah, I think deep within this understanding is on the, on the, fr- at the front door, it's incredibly simple. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but the moment you open it and you step inside, it's, I mean, it's as, as infinitely deep as the universe is. It's like, it's crazy. It is. And to your point about emotions, that's what, that's what I call the resistance, right? Is mm-hmm. we get, and I a hundred percent agree that it's fear-based. Um, and it's funny because I think I mean, it's different in different cultures, but for a large part, depending on where you're from and, and who you are, um, you know, how you're quote unquote supposed to feel emotions or quote unquote supposed to experience things dictates how you react to things. And, um, you know, part of this, like, I'll just use an example because I'm an American guy, right? Like the idea is that we're supposed to be tough. The idea is that, you know, um, this is one of the reasons, by the way, that like, there are so many guys who are struggling with alcohol is because the message is you just have to be tough and you resist things that don't meet that sort of an expectation. And that resistance comes out of fear, right? So that idea of, man, um, I feel like I want to be upset about this. I feel like I want to be vulnerable. I feel like I want to, you know, explore how I'm feeling, but you're afraid of that, right? Or you feel the fear of not drinking, And you're afraid of the fear. And so what the resistance does is it creates this like compound, um, not compound interest. That's almost what I said, but this compound emotional problem, because you have the initial issue, which is like, oh, I'm going to feel fear, but then you have, or I'm going to feel sad, or I'm going to feel lonely or whatever that might be. But then you have the fear of the emotion. And what ultimately happens is we get stuck in this emotional loop. And I think so much of the message of this naked mind, you know, first and foremost is have compassion for yourself, but also it's okay to feel. Mm. And the number of people that I coach, that I have to, you know, that, that I talk to in, in professional and personal life, like I just see so many people walking around with this idea that it's not okay to feel right? That it's not okay to feel sad, that it's not okay to feel depressed. And to your point, Sam, like it's not about it not being okay. It's about allowing. And I think that's, I think that's hard. I think that's hard for people to, to really get because so much of what we talk about is about not being that way, right? Is celebrating being happy. We don't talk about the other side of it that much. Mm. I think this, sorry, 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 Ellie, I, was just, I was just going to say that, that like, this is why judgment, I think, is so important, because if you can strip that bit away and that and, and that's just you can turn that around instantly, not saying that it's 
it's easy but when you recognize you can turn it around instantly you can yeah. let the judgment go and then that's what brings you into acceptance and yes. then from from there you can then look at all of the story and the meaning and you can decide what you really want to um what you really want to believe what you want to uh let go or or not of yeah. um the, the one of the things that um because this the whole fear thing is it's it's so big and i i always remember and i've talked about this a few times but the when i when i was rounding upon a year of being alcohol free i was getting i was, I was headed towards the 20th anniversary of my father's death and i mm -hmm. just i simply hadn't processed that grief at yeah. all and on the way up to it, I, I could feel all of this, all this stuff's bubbling about. And I always remember talking to Annie about it on one of our mastermind calls. And my question went something along the lines of, can I handle this myself? So this goes back to where, where Sam was saying about we, we kind of feel this fear of we can't handle it. My question was something along the lines of like, do I need to check myself in somewhere or can, can I deal with this on my own? And the and Annie said two wonderful things to me. And whenever I can then pass that on to anybody, I like to be able to pass on the same two messages that she gave to me because it was so helpful. The first was, this is something to be celebrated because what like you could judge yourself for it being terrible and it feeling awful, but celebrate it. There's something amazing on the other side of this. Yes. And then the second thing that she said to me was, it's, it's like you're standing on a mountain and you can't see where the top of the mountain is because of the cloud cover. And she said, but awareness is, let's say, 80% of it. And mm. I remember thinking, oh, fucking hell, I hope she's right. I really hope she's right. <laughs> and, and, and then afterwards, guess what? She was right. Like, that yeah. is the biggest part of it by far. Yeah. What's interesting to me um, is cultivating that awareness and, like, helping people cultivate it. And the fact is, like, I remember that conversation on the Mastermind. And, like, you showed up with that awareness, you know, which is great. And I think that so much, particularly, and, and this is going to apply to a lot of things other than alcohol, we spend a lot of time running away from those emotions to the extent that we're not even aware of them anymore. Like I know, um, you know, I have coached people in the past uh, going through this alcohol journey where we've, you know, they're like, I remember one guy in particular, I was asking him, like, what are your emotions? And he goes, I don't know. And like, we literally had to go get the emotion wheel, which you can Google. And it's a wheel that kind of helps you put words to emotions. Um, and I had to have him set a timer in his phone that would, that went off. And it was like five times a day. Mm. What are you thinking? How are you feeling? Because he was so far removed from awareness of what was actually happening. He was just living out of this place of pure emoting. Mm. Um, and it feels scary, right? Because when you start paying attention to it, like your experience, Ellie, it's like, oh no, can I handle this? What's going to happen? Um, but it's really that process of becoming aware that is so much of the battle. I'm curious, can you continue that story? I know this is your podcast, but I'm going to ask you a question. Like what happened as you, to the extent that you want to talk about it, like you were aware of it, you walked into it. Where did it go for you? Um, I sat in the bath and cried a lot. <laughs> yeah. I had I had two very very dark days with it, and I 
I could, that's that resistance that you talked about. I could feel that. And I, I remember sitting in the bath and uh, so th- water is a thing that I find very soothing. So my nervous system likes water. So sat in the bath, lights off, looking up at the stars and the heavens. So to me, looking up at the cosmos is just like, whoa, it blows my mind. Yeah, so, th- same. so that th- it, it was the water and the stars are kind of the things that are keeping me from like, if I'm in this uh, collapse, this state of collapse, those are the two things that are stopping me from being held under. So I just, I accepted it, stopped judging myself for having the feelings and just allowed it to play out. So it was, I, I think I was, I was conscious that it would just pass through of its own accord in however long it was going to take. And once I stopped telling myself, God, this feels awful and I don't want to be here, once that's, that fell away, it then passed on through. And, and when I reflect back on it, like I can't say to anybody, oh, that was amazing. Like, what, what? It was a great experience, but it didn't feel great at the time. Yes. Yeah. But on the other side of it is then a strength that you never knew that, that, that you had, emotional resilience. And then that gives you the the confidence that when the next thing comes up because we're all going to be hit by different circumstances in life different things that are going to happen and to not not be afraid anymore is a really really big deal yeah and I mean I think that's beautiful and and one of the things that happens to bring it back to story is that like emotion and those 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 emotions you were feeling is partially a breaking down of story and a writing of a new story mm-hmm. you know and that to me is beautiful right because that's evolution that's you not being stuck uh clinging to the past or clinging to some vision of the future but you were right there at that moment feeling it and you moved through and um there's a quote and I really don't know who uh whose quote it is it's I think it's apocryphally attributed to Robert Frost, um, but the way out is through, mm-hmm. you know, and I think so yeah. much of us try to go so many times we try to go around. I mean, Lord knows I've tried to build like highways over dig under, like we don't want to go through, but it's really in going through that, that it allows us to grow. Mm. But it, and it also opens up so much. So without getting too weird, because I'm really tempted to get to it, but it's it, get weird. You gave me, you gave me permission. Free pass, weird yeah. pass. Go, go. Um, we talked a little bit about this with, so my yoga teacher, a lady called Andrea came on the podcast um, at the beginning of this series that we're doing, um, of which you're part of for our most inspirational and influential teachers. And this same theme was brought up in that podcast. And the thing that is really just incredible I could never have imagined that this would be the case is that despite so now my my relationship with my father is very different because he's no longer embodied but my connection with him and my relationship with him I feel is so much stronger now having moved through a lot of the uh, letting go of the story reauthoring the story letting you know just recognizing the stuff that just needed to fall away like I I could never have imagined how close I would feel to him now and this is you know now 21 years on like it's it's crazy I love that for people that are stuck the 
having this and it's a very real fear of like people don't want to feel these emotions we're, we're so afraid of feeling it but there's something so beautiful on the other side of it and it and it just it just keeps expanding keeps expanding yeah i think um the moment we give ourselves the permission to feel we we also give ourselves the permission to heal and and often we've been holding back that gift and Thanks, Scott, to talk to this thing. It's up until the point where we actually go into the emotion and feel it, mm-hmm. we're living in our perception of what it's going to be like. Yes. We have this idea of what it's going to be like that whips up the emotions, the anxiety, the fear. But the moment we step into emotions, even, even emotions like grief, and we realize that at their core, they are so meaningful and that they're beautiful as well as challenging and they're part of the experience. In the moment, some of the deepest work that I have done as a man has been exactly like you said, Scott, to realize that moving into my fear and, and sometimes when that's ripped through me in certain scenarios I've been in and I'm crying and I can feel it, the cathartic feeling of it, like Mm. pouring out almost like this, it's crazy. And the idea that we're holding that back, um, you know, from my, from, from men as well in particular, but women from yeah. everybody to me is a, is a, is a crime because it's robbing us of that ability to, to heal. So I, I hope I, I, you know, I, I know, and I hope that what we're doing is changing that story, even the smallest piece um, for everybody out there. Right. And I, I think we have to, you know, I mean, um, one of the things that, uh, well, Actually, let me put it this way. I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Ooh. I love that show like to death. Like I like, honestly, I watch it all the time. I told you guys I was sick earlier this week. That's all I did. <laughs> Don't tell this naked mind. I just watched Star Trek the entire week. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I was thinking the other day about like, why, why do I like this so much? Like, it's just this like made up thing. And then I realized that it's about ideals. Right. And I realized that it's about humanity and, other races like uh working together and exploring and all of that stuff and it suddenly hit me that I like have a real parallel um in my work life right because the thing that I'm passionate about personally right outside other than Star Trek um is is about human potential Hmm. right is about us moving forward and I think you hit the nail on the head Sam that like it really is like this is the step for us, right? To be able to go into these emotions, to be able to do this and feel it, that's how we grow. And I think that's one of the reasons this is so inspiring is that we have seen personally, those of us, like you guys included, and like who's done this work, start to see like, oh, this is how we can grow and stretch and continue to collaborate and do more and be more. Um, like that's ultimately the thing. And, 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 so when we, when we think of this idea of like going into and should I feel this way and shouldn't I feel this way and the resistance around it, that from my perspective is just stopping this, this train that we're on, right? And so like people who are out there coaching and people who are out there teaching this stuff, to, I truly believe are like really helping humanity advance wherever the hell we're going. I have no idea, but it's helping us get through those things that are stopping us from being our best selves, which is then just advancing the world, 
um, more and more. And I know that's very grandiose and I'm not trying to like tie myself to that in any way. I just, I love that idea so much. It's cool, dude. And you know, there's so many things it opens. Like there was a time where the idea that I would be grateful for things were as shit as things being as shit as they were, was wild. I would, but now I see the, the connection that I'm so grateful that things were the way they were. It actually is part of the story that set me free. And that's insane. That's amazing. That's, that's the flavor of real freedom of actually being free to express yourself and to feel and to be human. That's the real gift we're giving ourselves when we go on journeys, like removing alcohol, whatever it is, right. That like in our own small way, we're all on it. And, and yeah, I feel the same, like beneath everything, we're all made of the same stuff right it's all we're all deeply connected to this thing that's moving through life call it evolution call it god call it whatever you want like that thing that we're all a part of when i don't know i feel as if this is also wacky but i i feel to me scott that when we're making that difference to a few people like it's it's raising the the level of consciousness everywhere like even one person affecting one person is doing that one person affects and that's amazing. That's an incredible thing. And that's how we're going to make real change. That's from the inside out, not from the outside in. Yes. Yes. And there is, um, I love this idea of like moving forward. There is a, a theory out there called spiral dynamics. And I have been working on a training for you guys on spiral dynamics forever, Ooh. but I keep learning more about it and then getting more excited and then whatever. But essentially this is this idea that there are phases of consciousness that people move through. And we move through this on an individual level, but we also move through this on a cultural level. Um, And there's people who've done some really, really great work with this. Like the number one name that comes to mind is Ken Wilber. Um, He's incredible. He wrote a book called Trump in a Post-Truth World. I'm not getting political on this podcast. However, that was absolutely fascinating to me. As an American who pays attention to politics, like it answered so many questions. And Essentially, it's this idea that there are these different phases um, that we go through. And one of the things that's fascinating to me is that um, he points back toward the Renaissance um, as being a time of a time of massive change. And the way that he defines massive change is that people achieve these different levels of consciousness. And that's not that's not like a, a judgment thing at all. Um, excuse me, but like people achieve these levels of consciousness. And when enough of the population does, Mm -hmm. things start to tip. Mm -hmm. Right. And the thing that is super exciting to me, you know, is he points toward the Renaissance as being the last time that it's happened. There's some other times where it's happened, but he truly believes that that's what's happening right now, Mm -hmm. you know? And what's incredible to me about that is that that's the work that you, that we're doing, right. Is like, we're helping people get there. And like, as things begin to tip in that direction, we start to see people thinking differently and acting differently and the entire world changes. Um, that is so exciting to me. Mm. Oh, I might have to have part two. <laughs> I'm down. Well, I could, I, could, I could literally riff about this stuff for hours. So yeah, yes, same will here. be a part two. <laughs> um, without, without opening up something without opening up part two before ready for part two. Um, what, on, a, on an individual level, so for you personally, Scott, in this adventure, what did I, what did I call it before, Sam? An adventure in consciousness. Yeah. What's, what, what is the specific thing that you're working on? 
currently like today? So um, that's a fantastic question. I wish I had a simple answer for it. <laughs> you know, like books, like I don't read one book at a time. Like I literally, I have six books on my desk right now that I'm working and that doesn't even count my Kindle. Um, so there's a few things uh, that I kind of call my, my baseline practices, like things that, that I know um, are forever work. Um, and the very number one, I would say like the absolute bedrock one for me is just pure awareness. Um, there's something that's really interesting in this process when we, you know, we teach people how to do something like the act technique, right? And so when you teach the act technique, generally there's like some an event. So if, it, if it's around drinking, right, there's a trigger, the person drinks, they go through that entire process and then they come to a coach and then the coach says, all right, let's use the act technique on it, right? Who were you around? What were you thinking? What were you feeling? Not in a judgmental way, but like what was going on in your mind? And then we unpack it and we, and we work through it and they shift the belief and it's great. That's such a gift, that process in and of itself. But what if you were aware of it sooner? Right. What if you were aware of it sooner than that? What if you were aware of it in real time? And to me, you know, my goal and what I try to do, and I am by no means perfect in this, but however, I'm willing to admit, like, I've made a lot of progress with it as well, is that that bedrock process of awareness is to be as consciously aware of what's going on at all times. And I'm not perfect with it. You know, I, yes, there are times that, you know, one of my kids makes me mad or, you know, I mentioned politics. I'll get mad and I'll go on one of my famous rants about politics. And I'm like down the rabbit hole of emotion. You know, I'm not, I'm not there. But to me, if there's like one thing that I'm consistently working on, it's that. Um, it is really, truly being aware of that dialogue that's going on in my head. And first, it's so I don't end up going down those the results of it are this, like, I don't end up going down that rabbit hole as much, but I'm seeing the patterns, right? I'm seeing the reactions um, and I'm able to work on them. And so that awareness is being in a place of, of non-judgmental observation. Yeah. 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 And, and this is like, you referred to it earlier on about where you can kind of just, you see it and you laugh. And yeah. Sam and I were having a, it was linked to the, the alcohol experiment. We were having a conversation about um, some of the work that we're doing there. And th that was part of the conversation. It's just that like, isn't, God, isn't it interesting when that thing comes along again and you can, you can see it right there, right yeah. there in the moment. Um, it's, oh, it's, it's fascinating, but you know, and again, this is that, that whole seesaw thing because you, you're, you're never, you know, it's, it's not, um, a cumulative thing in that you only ever go one way it's all yes it's always going to be an element of balance with it absolutely mm. i mean for me 2021 was a a massive growth year for me um and um there were a lot of shitty experiences that that got me there you know all throughout the year um and those experiences and those difficult emotions um, are how I actually got to the way I feel today. But I didn't go through all of those emotions, 
you know, consciously and with awareness. Like, yeah, I went down those rabbit holes. I started feeling that way. I started those thoughts were happening. And, you know, for me, it, it really, that idea of the seesaw isn't just the way it is, but it's almost necessary. You know, I feel that it's necessary to the extent, you know, we will talk a lot in this naked mind about, you know, humans do what they do for one reason, right? To feel a certain way. And when you start breaking that down logically, you start to realize, well, in order to feel good, I have to feel bad. And in order to feel bad, we have to go down that rabbit hole. We have to lose that awareness. We have to go to those places to recognize, wait, there's something I can change here. There's something I can work through here. Um, and so this, this, this process, and I feel like I'm talking in circles and I am kind of, but like this process of going on this journey and doing it not consciously, but then also doing it consciously when you understand it, like that's the growth, right? And that's the seesaw. And that whole ride is is beautiful. Yeah. Well, I think it feels to me like you either see it or you don't. And when you don't see it, it's like you're on the roller coaster. And when you do, it's different. But waking up to it, waking up to how it works, it there's something strange that starts to happen for me anyway, for my experience that even when I'm in the depths of the madness, sometimes there is this thing in me that knows somewhere this yes. is all a story. Yes. hundred percent. And in the end, something, whatever it is, it just goes bang. There's an insight and it's like, Whoa. And then you're like, fuck me. I have been in that for <laughs> like, sometimes you get yes. lost in that shit for it's sticky. Like it's yes. really sticky. Um, but I think the more you develop the awareness and the more that you do amazing things, like, you know, the, this is to me, there are these crazy practices out there that peel back the layers of the onion. So meditation, you know, yep. go for me, it's sort of like going to the sauna. Christ, I had like a, like a mad experience today coming out the sauna. This just like, I felt these, I don't even know what they were, like feelings and emotions pouring out of me as I came out of it. And I just felt so light, like whatever those things are that help you peel back the layers and develop the awareness, it means that you just hang out in those places with more equanimity and you're, yes. you come back home more quickly and with more grace and sometimes you're just like ah, like i know that i'm in this right now but i know that this kind of isn't real yeah. uh, and that's really different to not having any distinction between you and the story 100 percent. i mean this is why for me it's float tanks so i do that yeah, i love that, that hyper salinated water go and float it's essentially a sensory deprivation tank mm. freaks some people right the hell out and i understand it like my wife is like no way but to me um that's become this indispensable thing mm. because it's in that time when i am completely devoid of any other input that like awareness really starts to heighten and that's when you really start to to hear and see what's going on with you mentally and emotionally in like a, a new way. And yes, I mean, like, to, you know, to your point, like, yes, even last year when I was going through those things, like I was aware that I was going through those things. Mm. That was an awareness that I did not have previously. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't make those things any more fun. <laughs> you know, it made, they were still confusing. They were still, um, they were still difficult. Um, but that awareness being there, that understanding of this idea of like, I have no idea why I'm feeling this way and it totally sucks, but there's something here for me. Mm. I think that, and it's one thing to have someone tell you that 
it's another thing to feel that, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we feel that once we start to have these, this, this realization and wake up to this idea of story, we start to recognize, you know, Ellie, like you, you know, in the bathtub, you know, being able to say like, this sucks, but there's something here. There's, there's growth here. Um, that takes a lot, but it, it changes the game entirely. It really feels to me that there's like a, um, yeah, I mean, like a line in my life, which was when I was 18, I bet, but I read the power of now and mm-hmm. then there's very much a before and after and Ellie, <laughs> yeah. I don't know when your before and after was Scott. I don't know when, but it blew the doors open and I have no doubt that the reason I left drinking behind it, like started the journey at 26, 20, was because I just was so aware, so much more aware of the pain than I would have been had mm-hmm. I not seen that. And, and it was yeah. eating me up. And um, I just, it's kind of like pre, prior to that, I was just, uh, asleep is the wrong word, but just, I, I can't really, unconscious to, to the idea that there's something more than, I don't know, I'm finding, I'm struggling to find the words, but I think you guys know what I mean. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, um, I talk about this a lot in the path with people who are later on in the path, right? Like toward the end of their year or maybe past their first year in the path. Um, because one of the things that happens is you start to recognize this stuff and use these tools yourself and live in this different way. Then suddenly you're looking around and you're like, the world is friggin' nuts. Right? <laughs> and like, I have to remind people that like most people don't understand this yet. And I do believe it's a yet. Like most people don't see this yet. Most people are living from that place of like true emoting or living from that place of saying, you know, of not recognizing that it's story of saying there is fact and you made me feel like this. And like all of those things that all three of us and a lot of us who've been through this program have worked through, like the vast majority of people are are still there. Right. And I mean that Sam, you're incredibly lucky and I'm super grateful that you were able to have that realization at the age that you did. Right. Because that shifts everything, but it's until you have that, you don't, it's hard to describe. It's like you start to see it all around you. Right. You start to see people, I call it going down the rabbit hole, but like people who are having an emotion and just chasing it. Um, as opposed to understanding where it's coming from, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I'm sure we're all really grateful. I have no, I, I, I don't know. It's one of those things like I um, serendipity, like luck, serendipity. Like, I don't know. To me, like when I was hanging out in India training um, in yoga, like to me, this is the true in the in that tradition. This is kind of at the heart of karma is like when it rocks up for you, when you see things, when you start to see things as they are. And like, I'm not trying to pretend that I really see things as they are, <laughs> but um, that I think a lot of people have a wonky understanding of what some of these things are, but it's the grace of when that happens to you. And why did that happen then? And and be it, you know, whatever these pain is, a, is an incredible catalyst for that incredible it is and i i think you know speaking of pain specifically there's this idea and with so many people who are stuck with alcohol it's absolutely the case that we shouldn't feel pain Mm -hmm. right that the entire um that 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 we have ways of getting through life escaping pain and i mean that is completely 
bullshit. Like it's not true, but that's like a cultural idea that we hold. Right. And you can look at so many things that we do as a culture and I'm not arguing for people to go be miserable, but everything from aspirin to air conditioning is about avoiding being uncomfortable, avoiding discomfort. And I think a lot of this journey starts when you start to say, okay, I'm going to walk into that discomfort. Like that's actually part of the experience. And it's kind of the accepting of the, the seesaw, right? Accepting of the fact that like, this is an up and down journey there. And beyond that, there is no up without a down. Like there is no contrast um, without both light and dark. And I think in so many ways, the way that, the way that life works right now and the way that, you know, we're all so busy and we're attached to our phones and we're like so focused on achievement and like so much, so much of that noise doesn't allow us to really recognize some of those truths underneath all of it. And that leaves us feeling shitty, you know? I just, uh, the thing, but this, is, this is definitely for part two, but I think we, we've just, we, we've lost so much wisdom so much of what's uh, inherent because it's that pursuit of being comfortable. We've lost so much and it's the cause of so much suffering actually and, mm. dis and literal disease because we're on this crusade to be comfortable. And it's yeah. like you said, th there's no other word for it than bullshit. It's wrong, it's wrong. Yeah, well, I think it's one of the things um, I think kind of the punchline to this whole thing. Um, and we say this in our programs, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, I'm going to come to this naked mind because they're going to teach me how to not drink. The answer is actually in you all along. Like that's the joke, right? That's the part where we're like, no, we're, we're reconnecting you with your own strength. But you're right. It's like this busyness and everything else makes it feels like, oh, it's going to be out there. But, but all along, it's been about going in all along. It's been about finding that inner strength and, you know, Ellie, not to keep bringing up your difficulty, but like, you know, you were afraid to go into it, but you did have that strength that was actually there. And that's so much of what this journey is about is, is recognizing that because at the end of the day, that's what you have is your own consciousness, your own awareness. And that's it. Yeah, the, the, the only two things that you have, the present moment and your true self, capital S. Yeah. Yes. When are That's we going awesome. to talk about Alan Partridge then? I don't know. We <laughs> should have a separate Alan. I am. So I, I am brought a, my mug look. I, brought my I know. Mug. I'm so, I have almost bought that mug multiple times. My wife, uh, my wife hates it. My wife is like, this is so juvenile. And I'm like, <laughs> I know it's amazing. <laughs> Um, we should have a separate Alan Partridge conversation now. I think. Well, when we do, I'll make sure that I'm in Norfolk so we can literally tune in from Radio Norfolk. I would um, love it. That'd be good fun. <laughs> Dude, like I um I'm so grateful that we got to have this chat. It's been a long time coming. And yes. um, yeah, it's so nice. We're all so busy. It's so nice to have some time to hang and and have a chat like this. It really is. Mm. Absolutely. This was, uh, this was a ton of fun. Um, and I always, I always like talking about the stuff and exploring this stuff because I truly do believe that like the work you guys are doing is, is what is, what is changing things in the world. And that is not an understatement. It sounds like a lot, but I stand behind it. Oh, I, 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 just, Fingers crossed. 
Thank you so much for being here. It's just, it's been wonderful. And right up at the beginning, I had, you know, one of those weird moments where you're sitting there going, fucking hell, Sam and I are talking to Scott on our podcast. Like, this is a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I have to admit, like, I, it is it is very difficult. Like, I even apologized to you in the middle saying like, oh, uh, I know this is your show, but I'm going to ask you a question. Um, I've gotten used to being a guest now, which is great. I actually <laughs> totally love it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's fantastic. It's just, um, you know, we, we're, we're indebted to, to you for so much. So um, it's just, it's it's wonderful. It's lovely how these kind of things kind of come full circle. So thank Love you it. so much. It's really so, great. Thank you guys for the opportunity. Looking forward to the second one. Okay, yes. you're going to hit that stop button. Cheers, dude. Oh, thank awesome. you, Scott. Wow, what an awesome discussion that was. And hey, look, Scott, what a view, what an amazing way of uh, understanding reality and what's going on. And uh, there may be bits in there where you were like, huh? <laughs> and bits where you were like, hmm, wow, that's insane. So, you know, go back to that as you grow and evolve going forwards. Um, return to these ideas because they're incredibly powerful. I reflect on them and return to them on a daily basis. There has been nothing more powerful for me. Um on my journey to finding freedom from alcohol but also just in coming back to the truth of the present moment and that it's all we ever have um and you know we're all about being present and sober here right so there's there's more than just the the stopping drinking piece awesome so glad you came along for the ride thank you for uh, your time and and your ears uh you know we'll see you in the facebook group have a great week and uh see you soon